Good day, good day, and welcome to Your Voice, Your Power. I am Anika Wilson, and today I have with me a Latina coach. This is something that we have not had on our show before, and I'm so excited to talk to her because she brings a different flavor to, to the podcast, to the audience um, internationally. You know, she, her background is extensive. Her experience, it sheds light on so many things that many may relate to, but yet feel alone or unheard. And so I'm so happy to have her here today. And I want to introduce to everybody, Michelle Gomez. Hey, Michelle. Hey, Anika. Thank you so much for having me. It is such a pleasure. Can you tell listeners a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do? Absolutely. My name is Michelle Gomez. I'm the founder and CEO of Michelle Gomez Coaching. I'm the author of the international bestseller, Own Your Brilliance, Overcome Imposter Syndrome for Career Success. I am a speaker and I'm also a career and life coach. So I have to ask, um, what led you to branch out on your own? Can you give listeners a little bit of your background and why you felt the need to become an author, a coach, and a speaker? Because that's something that a lot of people um, you don't take it lightly, but for you, it's a little bit different. Can you explain to them how you, be, you know, came about this journey? Sure. So, and I'm a first generation Latin American. So I had to kind of venture out into this American dream or my version of success um, on my own because I didn't necessarily have a privilege or um, a family line ahead of me that opened doors for me. You know, it's not like I had family members on the golf course at the country club talking to their friends about like, hey, my, my daughter's about to graduate from high school. Why don't you get her an internship at your job or see if you can like teach her a few things? Yeah, that didn't ex exist. So I had to figure it out on my own and I uh, decided to pursue a bachelor's degree and then subsequently a few years later, a master's degree. But I did all of this while I was navigating the corporate structure surrounded by middle-aged white men. And so I had to create a space for myself to be successful on my own terms and deal with a lot of the misogyny and some of the cultural implications of being a young Latina in a male environment, corporate structure. And so um, I, I did that. I just had the grit and determination to do it. And I think I caught the attention of people around me that wanted that same thing for themselves and would come to me and say, hey, can you help me? I want to promote or I want to transition to this and I'm not really sure how to do that and so I helped people I would you know mock interviews help them write up their resumes looked at their LinkedIn profiles taught them how to interview um, taught them how to negotiate and I saw that people were implementing what I was teaching and I found joy in doing those things and so um, I just did it for the better part of nine years for free um, and I realized like wow I can probably branch this out and turn this into a business. But I was dealing with things like, you know, again, being the first. It's, have you heard that saying, you can't be what you've never seen? So I had imposter syndrome struggles. I had self-doubt. I had, you name it, daddy issues, mommy issues. It was, you know, just feeling like, who am I? Why, why would anybody care about what I have to say or read what I have to say or care about my story? Um, and I just devalued my gifts, but I had to work through that. And I did, I took three years to really inquiry within myself, what was going on. And after doing the work, 
I like Missy Yanla Van Zant says, um, Yanla fixed my life. I did my work. And um, after doing my work, I decided, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and let God use me. And so I put out my book. I wrote a book about my story and shared some insight on how the reader can navigate through their own career transition. And I published it June of last year and then launched my company in September of last year and have been fortunate to work with some amazing clients since then. I love what you said because you hit on a lot of things that I think a lot of people struggle with. You talked about getting the bachelor's degree, getting the master's degree. A lot of us struggle with the difference between letters. You know, we feel like our credibility comes from our education and that's instilled in a lot of us for, you know, some of us, we may be the only ones in our, our families who got our education or for me, like my mom was the first one. And so she pushed me and expected it of me, but in branching out to be an entrepreneur, you know, I listened to you talk about how you were doing this for free. It, it, you were called to this. It is a gift. And a lot of people have gifts and they don't know how to monetize them. And I'm sitting here. I love to hear the, the journey because through the journey, people can relate to how you can turn it into a business. You don't have to be a slave to the corporate structure and believe that you go to school to get a master's or a bachelor's to work for cor corporate structures and devalue yourself and dummy down, which many of us are extremely good at, and accept what society says that we're supposed to do. Here you are, you took your skills and you put them all together. And I love that you talk about <laughs> your daddy issues, your mommy issues, um, your imposter syndrome, but you also talk about how you did the work, how life manages to work on us. But what we have to do is do the work to use life to our benefit. And so through your journey, I'm seeing all of that. And I think that's what, you know, puts you, you know, on a, in a different category because you were able to put it all together and make it work for you instead of letting it work on you. Indeed. I mean, I think that saying life doesn't happen to you, it happens for you. So even when I thought things were happening to me, um, I realize that it's all part of the journey and it's all part of the evolution and transformation of an individual. And I think that's why I love coaching, watching, watching my clients just sort of reverberate with this like new vibration, this heightened sense of who they are. And when they really take an inventory of their talents and when we, when we start to change the, the language of their resumes and their LinkedIn profile, when they start to change how they view their talents and skill sets as more of as as trans transferable and valuable assets for negotiation points and less of you trying to convince this employer that you're the right person of the job i mean my approach to the whole thing is you have a value you have the skill the talent and the will to want to do this type of work they have the position and a salary budgeted for that role so it's a matter of matching those two things together really the client, the whole point is for her to find work that she loves to do and to build a beautiful life around it that she loves. I am just astounded because um, I, for one, struggle with exactly what you said, never negotiating, feeling that I don't have the right to negotiate. You know, that I, you know, who am I to tell them that I can't accept this? I'm more than capable of doing what you're asking me, but it has to be more how do you how do you work with someone or how do you get someone to see that they have a right to negotiate i mean just that simple we overcomplicate it right 
Uh, yeah, it, I think we stop ourselves first before we even gather the data. And there's so much to be said about this, Anika, but it's, really, it's, a, it's a cultural thing and it's a female thing. It's a gender thing. I think as mm-hmm. women, we have been taught, we have been programmed by society, by our culture, by our ancestors, by our mothers, that you know, we, need to, we need to not make a whole lot of noise, don't yep. complain, don't take a lot of space, you know, just be grateful. And so we have been taught, especially as a Latina, we were taught like, if you negotiate or you're, you push, you're being, by, by, by pushing, you're negotiating, right? You're pushing for more, you're coming off as ungrateful and aggressive, yep. which is unbecoming of a lady. Yep. <laughs> and so we have to work through those things. You know, it's, it's, it's now the gender equality matter is making waves in corporate and entrepreneurship in the home and the parenting of children. Now it's, it's so much more 50, 50. And as more and women are going out there and getting an education and pursuing these high risk roles, it's only fair that we advocate for what we need, especially because if we learn to negotiate for ourselves in a corporate structure, then we can learn to negotiate for ourselves in business entrepreneurship, even at home to determine like, I will not spend my time doing this. I need to make sure that I prioritize this. And so, yes, we need to work through those societal track records, right? And then we have, and so what I do with the clients is I have, I do have a career course and one of the modules in the course is learning how to negotiate. And it's a matter of understanding what the data supports. You know, if you see men being paid a certain amount for the role that you're applying for in your demographic and in your industry, there's absolutely no reason why you shouldn't advocate for that amount, especially if you have the requirements, or even if you have 80% of the requirements, I would still advocate for more. I just, I, I, you know, telling my clients this, this major freeing statement, no one died because of the word no. So ask, and if you get a no, then it's a no, but at least it's a negotiation point, right? Yeah. You're not going to fall out of your chair or anything like that because you got a no, but you have to at least ask and, mm-hmm. and see where the negotiation takes you. But yes, it is working through your own internal blocks and then getting, gathering the data to support what you're requesting, as well as having a list of non-negotiables, things that you will not, you will not tolerate or you will not, um, you will not uh, negotiate on. Like if there's things like I'm, if you're a mom and you're like, you know what, I can't travel more than 30% of the year, or I can't, you know, if you're expecting me to work weekends, I can't do that. My kids are in soccer or they're in cheer or, you know, if you're a single parent, your time is even further constrained. And so there's negotiation points that even, let's say you don't get the salary you want. Maybe if it's something more valuable to you, like, hey, can I have the flexibility of working from home once a week? You know, can I come in at eight and leave at three because I'm a single parent and I need to pick up my child? take my child to school, pick them up from school. Do you need flexibility to go to school? Are you attending a class? Or would you like to take a yoga class on Wednesdays during lunch hour? So would you like a longer lunch hour on a Wednesday? These are things that you look at your life and say, hmm, okay, what do I need? And so if the money isn't exactly what you wanted for, there's other points of negotiation that you can leverage. And there's also a way to just do step a step integration. I mean, you can say, look, okay, the, I would like to start at a starting salary of 75,000, let's say, and they say, well, we can start you at 70. You're like, okay, I'll tell you what, why don't you give me 
three major initiatives that she would like to be completed in the first 90 days of my employment. And when I complete those, th those first three things, then we can, can we agree to bump me up to 75,000 at that point so that you can see my work ethic and the type of quality of work that I do. These are things that it's all negotiation. Like I said, it should be a mutually beneficial discussion. I have the talent and the skill and the will to do this job. You have the job that needs to get done and the salary budgeted to pay me for it. Let's put this together. This is something that so many people are afraid of and that so many people, it's so far-fetched because you have people who have worked in corporate for 15, 20 years who quit jobs because it's toxic, because it's not conducive to their lifestyle, because you know they're compromising the travel, the time constraints, they're not able to work from home, but they've also been too afraid to ask the questions. So I could see how, although you're a career coach, you're teaching these things that actually go across the board, not just in employment. These are things like you said, that they rolled over into our household because if we're stressed out at work, then we're stressed out at home. If we're not being hurt at work or we're not being you know, hurt at home, this, I mean, this just creates a big old glob. So I am just, I'm excited. I love what you're doing because I think that a lot of people, this is a field that has not been available to women like us. You know, there are certain, you know, corporate jobs that offer these kind of services for their employees, yes. you know, and we never knew that, you know, right. we didn't grow up being told that this resource was available. Right, and that's actually the next level of my business. So right now I'm just doing one-to-one -one or one-to-many in the courses, but um, I have been tagged with creating content to be able to offer contract work for companies because we do see it, um, a disconnect in the leadership quality. There's, I mean, yep. a lot of the people in positions of power right now lack empathy and emotional intelligence, um, communication skills, and accountability. And so, um, and then we also have workplace development because we have all these, uh, younger employees that have chosen, have made the choice to not pursue college, okay? So that's mm -hmm. fine, you know, academics are not for everyone, but when you go from mom and dad's house into your first corporate job, you lack things like etiquette, um, executive presence, things like that, and a lot of these supervisors and managers just aren't in a position, don't have the time or, yeah. or, or resources to be able to train these individuals. I mean, they're too busy training them on the tasks that needs to get done, that need to get done every day. They're not mm -hmm. telling them how to dress, how to speak, how to carry themselves, anything like that. Um, phone etiquette, email etiquette, these are all things yes. that are lacking that you generally tend to learn in an academic setting. So if you choose not to pursue higher education, and that's a personal choice, then you know to, to still be elevated in another personally and professionally, so that you can continue to do the job you were hired for, but you've now elevated your presence um, to that of a socially and corporately conscious person. And so I'm working on that to be able to market to organizations that are struggling in those areas. There is a huge gap, and that is something that would make a huge difference in the success of corporations. Because people like me, I just took a job and everybody was 21 or 23, fresh out of grad school, no work experience. I've been in the field. I can't deal with them because the, the entitlement, the attitude, it's so different. And when you come from other generations and you, when you were taught these things from school, from working in the field, from the expectations, the whole culture has changed. Yes. And so by providing this service, I see longevity in the retention 
of these agencies that just they're just flipping over and even in you know public safety all of the realms that are so important to our day-to-day life and to our education of our kids transportation everything that affects us daily i see that impacting it so what you're doing is monumental and it is so it's it's needed across the board so that is exciting can you tell listeners about some of your upcoming events where they can see you and how they can support you absolutely um i'm actually going to be a part of a virtual event that's called i am enough in christ it is a, an event that's um being published on monday september 23rd so if you go to i am enough in christ dot uh, i believe it's dot com or dot org you can sign up for access to that conference and it's got valuable resources i'm just one of the speakers that they have slated for this event, but all the proceeds are going to uh, fund a, a girl's home in Kenya, Africa, and it's for girls who have been misplaced because of teenage pregnancy, and they're learning life skills and learning financial and educational skills while living in this home with their, with their babies. Um, I'm also going to be on Trend Talk. It's, an, um, it's a talk show here in Southern California that highlights uh, Latino entrepreneurs. So we are filming that September 14th, and um, I'm not quite sure when it'll publish, but I will, if you follow me on Instagram at MG Success Coach, MG, my initials, Michelle Gomez, at MG Success Coach, I'll be sure to um, promote the, uh, the information as it becomes available. But you can always, yeah, find me on Instagram, on Facebook as well, at you know, MG Success Coach. And I also do have a YouTube channel where I share weekly content as, as well. I will be sure to add your links and be sure to provide those in the description of the podcast. I want to thank you for being here and for being who you are. You are always a light, but you bring a level of leadership and professionalism, just your presence. And I think that that is just, it's impactful, especially as an entrepreneur and as a woman in general. Um, So thank you for for doing what you do. Oh, thank you for having me. And hey, game recognized game. Thank you. All right, listeners, that was another edition of Your Voice, Your Power with Anika and Michelle Gomez. You guys, um, stay tuned for more. And don't forget, stay powerful.